0: Good morning. Hey, welcome to National Youth Day. So I don't know, yeah, clap your hands absolutely. Any Anybody here wish wish you were younger. Maybe anybody here you know, wish you're a little bit younger? Yeah. It's okay. And uh, you know so our goal today is to help you feel a little younger. <laughs> or actually, so you might see some of these students, and some of you might feel older. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, today is the day we celebrate National Youth Day, and uh, we want to highlight our, our uh, the, the gifts and abilities that our students are using for God. And uh, so we're going to have students that are going to be receiving the offering, not only praying up here, but receiving it down there. So if there's a little offering confusion, we have them trained, but just in case, just kind of go with it. Just go with it. And uh, we have some that'll be doing a human video And some that'll be helping with announcements and different things So um, again, we want to celebrate um, what God is doing in the lives of our students But let's pray and we're going to get started today Lord, thank you that we have the privilege and the honor to worship you together And I pray as we do that today that your spirit would meet us in a special way Lord, thank you for this church Thank you for their commitment to this next generation and lord i pray a blessing over it in jesus name amen Amen. Sunday today. Lord, thank you that we get the chance to declare who you are. We sung Hosanna. Lord, we we just talk about your amazing love and all that you are. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our, our words we could use, the thoughts we think. Lord, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of our presence here, our time, everything about us. And Lord, we, we, just, we just cry out with the scriptures today, Hosanna, Hosanna. God, thank you that we get to worship you. You are an incredible God, greater than any God there is, any pretend God there would be. Lord, you are king of all kings, and we worship you today. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. And uh, I'd like to invite, uh, actually, first of all, I'd like to have all of our students that are helping receiving the offering that are ushering today, if you'd head back to meet up with Gary and Frank right now, that would be great. And I'd like to invite Hope to come up, and she is going to receive this morning's offering.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Youth Sunday. We are so glad you all were able to make it today. Um, I also wanted to thank everyone who bought candy, we're super grateful, it was really fun to make, and we're so glad that we can be able to represent such a great, um, towards it, you know, a speed light. And uh, today, I wanted to speak about um, generosity, and uh, this verse that we're going to be reading before we receive tithes and authoring is um, Philippians 1, 4 through 6, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. Because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So, this verse talks about generosity, right? So, a normal spoon. I guarantee you every single person in this room has a spoon. You can be pretty generous with this thing. You know, a whole bowl of ice cream, put a lot of sugar in something, you know. And we're going to represent this as, like, everyday generosity. Helping uh, some people out, you know, with a little bit of spare change. Maybe letting someone go in traffic. You know, everyday generosity. And then we have the big spoon, if you're probably wondering why this is up here. And this is going to be based off of faith-based generosity. The generosity that we can only use when we're partnered with God and we're able to, um, with the help of God, we're able to be generous in our giving. So today, as you guys give, I just encourage you to... um, just be generous, you know. The Lord calls us to be generous in our faith, and um, and God believes it, so let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for Youth Sunday, Lord. Thank you for this youth ministry. Father, I pray that you would encourage every single person in this room to give this morning generously with the help of you. I pray you bless this Sunday to go well, keep everyone safe, and give us a great rest of the day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, worship team. I'd like to have uh, Landon McKay come up if he would. He's going to do an announcement with me. Let, hurry up. R- run, 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 jog. Get up here. All right. Give it up for Landon. Now, sound, just be ready on that mic slider, okay? Okay. So, hey, um, well, I have Landon up here today helping me out. And Kenny, are you gonna be able to get this one? Or That would be awesome, thank you man, I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is Landon. Landon, introduce yourself to everybody if you would.
2: Um, is, okay, it's on. Yeah. Hi, my name's Landon McKay. Um, I went to Skyline, but I just recently switched to Edmentum, which is basically virtual school. And I'm 13, so.
0: So there we are, yeah. nice, good job man. <laughs> well as we said earlier, today is National Youth Day. And uh, we're glad you guys are here. It's actually celebrated two weeks from now, but because of our church calendar, we celebrated this Sunday. And uh, hey, Landon, tell us about the first thing coming up here, man. Wait,
2: hold. Oh wait, yeah. Um, Easter candy is ready for pickup today, also for quick sale. So yeah, you can go get your Easter candy you ordered, or just if you haven't ordered it yet because you didn't get the chance, just go buy some.
0: (laughs) Done. Simple. Oh, oh, we're not done. We're not oh, done.
2: yeah, 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 we're not done. Hold your applause. We're not done. We ain't done here.
0: Uh, so we have a new Wednesday night Bible study coming up this week. It's called When God. And so come this way. If you haven't made, maybe you just haven't been able to make it a part of your schedule, begin to make it a part of your schedule this Wednesday night. It begins at 7. Oh,
2: wait. <laughs> um, we... Um, April 16th at 9 a.m., we are having the Easter egg hunt for elementary school kids, so I, hi- I was gonna say, if you're in elementary school and you're here, come down, but no, I don't think anyone here is in elementary school. So parents of people who are in elementary school, just bring your kid over here and let them have some fun.
0: Let the children have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And uh, we're also, Pastor's going to be talking about that in a bit, but we're also going to be taking our offering for one day to feed the world, Convoy of Hope.
2: Okay, uh, well, um, April 29th um, is the all-church movie night, so if you had a friend that you've been meaning to invite to church but you haven't had the chance, now's the time to do it. Ten bucks per car, doesn't matter the size or how many people shoot for all we care. We, you can just arrive in a school bus with 50 people and it will still only be 10 bucks. <laughs> and also you get, so I think it's like, we're, you're playing the Avengers movie, right? The first one? Yeah. yeah. so you get to watch that awesome movie. And also you get, some free hot, you get some free hot dogs and chips and drinks and a lot more fun, so.
0: It's going to be a sweet time. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a sweet time. Yeah. Shoot, if I had to choose between that and Madden Points, I'd choose the movie night.
0: Be here. Be here. And then our children's, uh, children's ministry recertification and certification. Check out those dates. Make sure you're aware of them. Give Landon a hand.
3: I don't know. I, can't. I have to follow that. Oh, man. Wow, he's got some ham going on, doesn't he? Um, Okay, one other announcement I need to let you know about. The last men's breakfast of the season is this Saturday, 8 o'clock. And you don't want to miss it. 8 a.m. over in the cafe. Great. You know, last month we had a work day and some donuts. But we're going, we're going full-blown here. This, this is the last one for the season. Hope you'll make it. Um, okay, yeah, I want to share a couple other items. Um, I'm going to show you a photo of what I, th- I, I, I think, I think he's the most handsome pastor we've ever had. Let's go ahead and show that. This is Pastor Bert. Can you believe it? Look at that beard. I told him, I said, well, the three of us, uh, Pastor Hans and Pastor Brandon and myself, we went over to visit him. He's at, uh, you have the address in your bulletin this morning. He's at Lindsay Place, and uh, he's just laying there. And uh, I, I brought in, I don't know if Dolores is here or not, but I don't want her to know. Oh, gosh, she is. I brought him his favorite donut, a Boston cream donut, which I know he had strict instructions, you know, when he's here all the time, that he wasn't going to go near those. And unbeknownst to her, he didn't listen. So uh, I figured why, you know. So we, we brought some donuts over for him and the staff. He could share it with the staff. But um, do keep him in prayer, and also in your bulletin, if you would, send him a note now and then. those of you who remember him, some of you are newer since he retired. Um, but uh, yeah he's he's doing pretty well, and it was so good to see him i can't I can't believe I wish he'd grown that beard years ago, and I'm not a beard guy, but he looked like a real Norwegian, doesn't he? so I've got another photo for you. Uh, I became a grandfather for the seventh time. Kathy and I became grandparents. This is little Natalie Ann Petrucci, born to Michelle and Nick Petrucci this past Wednesday. Uh, eight pounds, seven ounces, and 20 and a half inches long. So, yeah, she's a cutie, and we we love her. We just love having her with us. Um, as Pastor Hans had uh, mentioned Next week, we're going to take our One Day to Feed the World offering on Easter Sunday, and I want to share with you a video about just one of the ways that Convoy is involved in meeting those that have real needs.
4: Hey, we are the Watson family. I'm Benjamin. This is Kirsten. Uh, we are in Atlanta, Georgia right now, partnering with Convoy of Hope as well as City of Refuge. We're actually at City of Refuge here uh, in Atlanta. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day where we celebrate and honor the life and legacy of Dr. King. You know, thankfully, with the, the partnership with Convoy, with City of Refuge, and Proactive Outreach, is to come out and serve people in the community. We're providing uh, food, um, shoes, socks, all sorts of things. And, It's just a great thing to do as a family, um, you know, to see the kids actually uh, get in action even though it's freezing out here.
5: So this morning we had an opportunity to stuff bags with different uh, food items for the families that are coming today, which is really cool because it's stuff that they can do. And they're going to actually see that go into the cars of the families that that are here today and uh, just serving where, we, where we're where we needed.
4: One thing uh, Dr. King said, it's always the right time to do what's right. And uh, we talk about that a lot. As a family, we talk about it as pro athletes doing what's right. And there are myriad ways to serve. And so I, I think the encouragement Really, is that there are organizations like Convoy, hope there are organizations like City of Refuge that are providing opportunities for players to get involved in their local communities, wherever that may be. So,
5: I would also say, just the idea of serving—it's an opportunity for all of us to figure out how we plug in, and it doesn't have to be just the parents who are always helping. It's good for the kids to come out and see as well. So, opportunities where we can serve as a family is something that we want to continue to do, and we encourage everyone to do that. All right, have a good day. You know, big uh, partnership with you guys, Convoy Hope, passing out food to serve a 1,000 people in our community with food, shoes, and socks, just able to bless them in honor, first of all, of God, and then in Dr. King on his day as well. Yeah, our neighborhood's called The Bluff, uh, 30314 zip code, highest crime rate in the state of Georgia per capita, highest homeless population, more men and women in jail from our zip code than any zip code in the state. Uh, a third of our people live two and a half times beneath the poverty level. Just a lot of crime, a lot of homelessness, a lot of desperation, a lot of poverty. You know, I founded City Refuge 25 years ago this summer, and I, and I do it every day because it's my purpose in life and because it gives me great joy to see somebody that doesn't have any hope for the future, to see light, hope, and transformation take place in their life, and to know that we're having generational impact makes it worth it all.
3: There just had enough time to tell you all the ways that Convoy Hope is involved. Uh, serving here domestically, right now, on the border, and even inside Ukraine during that crisis. They're busy doing all kinds of things, feeding over 435,000 students, children, every day around the world in different countries. So next week, one day to feed the world offering will be received. And if you don't know what that is, it's just you giving one day salary to help those in need. Uh, at this time, too, in just a moment, I'll come back and pray. Uh, for a special offering for Praise Youth. They're raising money, as you know, all the time for missions through Speed the Light. And uh, this year, it's the Navajo Nation Water Wells Project. And so we'll see the video. I'll come back and pray. And I'm going to ask you to give again this morning to help Speed the Light.
6: My name is Rudy R. Shabala. I'm a Navajo Indian, and I'm also the Executive Director for the Navajo Nation Division of Natural Resources. Particular water source where it dried up, and the livestock uh, they died of thirst, and the equipment's not functioning. And with the we've been in drought for quite some time, and our forage is really decreased. Uh, yesterday we were in the western part of the Navajo Reservation, and we visited a particular hand pump water well where. The livestock producers, Um, it's the only water source within seven miles in each direction. And uh, it's a hand pump water well that never dries up. Uh, People that bring their livestock there, they hand pump the water troughs full of water. The water pumps, the windmills out in the field, out in the ranges, uh, a lot of them are in disrepair. We started relying on the water source from the chapter houses more. My concern three years ago was, what if something happened? We should have these windmills and hand pump water wells in operable conditions, which is indeed what happened when the COVID-19 struck. And when the chapters shut down, the water sources were cut off. The people that live out in the country that haul their water every day all of a sudden they were without water. Water is life is a statement started by uh, grassroots people if you will that live out and make their living with livestock make their living with their gardens dependent on water. You can dodge COVID-19 by social distancing by staying home, by wearing masks. But you can't dodge being without water. You can only live for three days without water. And so water is life. Uh, One of the main problems that would be solved with water spread out throughout Navajo country, it allows people to stay home to attend to other duties rather than have to be in line waiting at the chapter house for water they have a water source that's reliable nearby. All the families in that area can safely know that they have a water source nearby for themselves, their livestock, and for their gardens.
3: Not to sound cavalier, but it's real. And I don't know, as I watched it, I felt pretty thirsty. It's a very real need. And our students <clears throat> are raising money to help meet that need. Um, before we pray and before we receive the offering, there are a couple slides I want to show. Um, Speedlight giving since 1993 from our church, from our students, a total of over $733,000 just from our kids and from you, because I know a lot of them are taking coins off your dresser and bringing them in, just like the little ones do for BGMC. So thank you for your giving. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your supply, and Lord, that none of us here today have a concern for water, drinkable, potable water. And Lord, I pray for the Navajo Nation. Lord, I pray for this need in particular, and I pray, God, that this need would be met, and met quickly, And, Father, I pray and and I I give you thanks, Lord, for the students in this body who are willing to do something about that. And I thank you for for our student ministries pastor as well, Lord, leading the way. And, Lord, I pray your blessing on each one of them as they continue to keep this need forefront in their mind. And, Lord, I pray your blessing on each one who gives this morning. Bless them as they give, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: So this year we entered uh, fine arts festival with a human video team and uh, for those of you that don't know what a human video is it's actually dramatic presentation to a song and uh, they went and uh, we had our sectional fine arts they moved on to districts because of everybody's schedules we weren't able to get the whole team together to be able to make districts which are next week but uh, we didn't want to just do it at sectionals and at fine arts and so we had an opportunity several weeks ago on a Sunday night We actually took uh, this song, this ministry, and we went to the Sunday breakfast mission. And uh, we ministered to to the men there, and I get a chance to speak to them. And so this isn't just about doing stuff in this building, in this room. It has to be more than that. What we develop in our ministry gifts has to be more. And so... um, Uh, The song you're going to hear is from a hip-hop artist named uh, Derek Miner, and he basically recounts a song of a girl who had everything going on, everything right, was making all the right decisions until she made a decision that really changed her life forever and her road back to redemption.
7: I'm thankful for a relationship, and this crown doesn't mean a thing. I thank you for all you have in store for me, and I pray that I will be forever used for your glory. I'll love you always. Amen.
8: Life's so beautiful. Christian down to the cuticle. You know the type of girl everybody sorta of know. With big dreams, opportunity, and plenty hope. Great family, the type of take a stranger in. Her and mom get pedicures. They like best of friends. Dad says she can finally date when the year begins. The starting quarterback, make sure you back before ten couple that you will ever see after dating for months they bought each other promise rings it's the summer and in time you see the love grows so they both decide to see how far the love goes and take it to a place reserved for only married folks after it happened that place again they said they never go they did so much for being celibate seven weeks later she find out that she's pregnant a man got a scholarship he don't want to ruin it this my senior year in marriage i am not pursuing it So they break up right before the baby's born She drop out of school and leave the house It's time to move on Waiting tables for years just to pay the rent Everything was cool till the baby father walks in Lost a job that day because of an argument. I don't see you in years and you act like I don't exist. You never met your daughter. You a deadbeat father. I'm glad you injured your leg and your career ain't go fall. She threw a glass at him. Just at him. Making a scene so the co-workers grabbed him. Kicked off the premises. Escorted by the manager. What I'ma do now we already were barely managing. Man, She heard a party next door. It's a homegirl Teresa. She said, What you sad for? I got fired, hold up, say no more. Snore the line of this, it'll lift you off the floor. And she did, hit after hit, month after month, year after year. That meth got her sprung. She be gone for days. She don't even look the same. I don't think her daughter's safe. Gotta do child services. What do they expect? Had a baby at 18. My baby daddy left me. This so the only time I'm free. i was homecoming coming queen. Now I'm queen of the lane They said that I'm a dope fiend I see demons, demons in my brain. dreams Do whatever, but it's high to with whoever if they buy. I can never kick this habit. There's no the point to even try. Hold up and do. There's no way there's a god If there is, then he hates me. Why am I live? I just wanna go. Ain't I to cry, but I've done so much wrong. feel like I deserve to die They say, Jesus, you can fix it My home is a child And I could be forgiven of my sins right now But if I could be forgiven of my sins right now I give it all to you, I need you here right now Hops in the car, puts the pedal to the floor Drive to her parents' house, The daughter answers the door She tells her, baby, I'm sorry, I wish that I could be more With your love, I promise things will be different than before So will you forgive me? I know I don't deserve it, but please, please forgive,
6: forgive
8: me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Forgive, forgive. Welcome home. Let the drummers play in the drum.
0: Yeah, that's a a reality, unfortunately, in this life, that there are those that have known the truth and decisions have really devastated their lives. So if you're a parent here or a a grandparent, that's why it's so important to really invest in your, uh, your sons and daughters to make sure that you not only nurture their intellect and make sure they get a good education, uh, socially, but more important or equally as important as all of them, is to make sure that you nurture their spiritual life. Uh, sports are great. I grew up playing every sport there was, it seemed like. But sports didn't rescue me. Sports didn't save my life. Jesus Christ did, and his, uh, his saving power. Amen? Amen? Amen. For all the students that served today, thank you so much. You guys did a great job. I'm awful proud of you. So today, talking about a, a phrase here, if, if you only knew, if you only knew, and, uh, maybe there was something you had in your, in your house as a kid and you didn't know how valuable it was and you kind of treated it bad. <laughs> you think, man, if I only knew how valuable that was at antique, you know, I would have, I would have you know, dumped something different with it. I had a Hank Aaron baseball card when I was a kid growing up and, uh, my mother who's here today remembers my best friend, Mike Chatzko, his brother Mel. He was older, I know, no one's called Mel Melvin, I'm sure it was Melvin, I know. But Mel, his older brother, he was like three years older than us, and uh, you know, he took advantage of me because I had this baseball card, this Hank Aaron card, it was like a 68 or a 69 Hank Aaron. And uh, it was worth a, a decent amount of money back then, and I had all kinds of baseball cards. And he said to me, he said, hey Hans, I'll give you, um, and I'm trying to remember the exact number, you know, uh, say it was worth $50 back then. Uh, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll just give you 50 cards and you, and I'll trade you for that. I'm like, yeah, 50 cards is better than one card, right? <laughs> but if I only knew what it was really worth, you know, it would, it would have been worth a little bit more today. But if I, if I only knew, I bet you some of you here today, uh, you would remember that, Um, uh, maybe a time in your life when if you only knew what was ahead on the road, you would have slowed down a little bit maybe. You know, if you only knew that, you know, that that fallen tree was in the road or that dog was going to run out. But if you'd only known, you would have slowed down. And uh, uh, others of you here, if if you only knew what that person was going through, maybe you just would have shut your mouth and not said anything. Um, uh, Maybe there are others here. If you had known how long you'd be living now, you would have saved a little more money. I don't know. Uh, maybe you would have spent more. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been. But if you'd only known, um, have this, has this ever happened to you where as an adult you tried some food that in your childhood you didn't like and you said, I, I like that? If you had only known how good that was, maybe you could have tried it earlier. For students here, maybe uh, those that are in college, you know, if you had only known how expensive college was, man, you would have you gotten even better grades. You would have spent more time in the books um, and, and done that. And then maybe others, if you had only known that they really liked you, you would have asked them out earlier. And uh, who knows? All these things, if we only... If we only known, I'm sure there's a lot of things that maybe we would have done different in life if we had only known and young and old. I think we can all relate to that. And Jesus actually says those exact words. And it's in a very famous passage in John four. And I'm not going to really look at the entire passage, but we're going to look at those words of Jesus. John chapter four, beginning at verse one. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard he was baptizing, making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea, returned to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field where Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. And he was alone at the time, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. John 4, 1 through 10. See, as a recap, at this point, Jesus' popularity has really reached and is surpassing that of John the Baptist. His disciples are becoming more active in ministry. They're doing more things. He's sending them to do things. They're more engaged. And Jesus, unlike us, when things start really happening in a certain area, Jesus actually moves on. You know, you and I, when something goes good, maybe we want to camp there, right? Something goes good, we just want to keep doing it until it dies. And Jesus wasn't doing that. Jesus actually, when success happened, when people were being transformed, he seemed to just move on to the next place, the next village. And uh he's wanting to go back to Galilee, most religious leaders would go around Samaria, but he went right through it. And he ends up in a village called Sakaar, and he's tired from his travels. Isn't it nice to know that even Jesus himself, at moments and times, got physically tired? You know, maybe you've been, uh, you've, you've been that way and you can relate. And he's alone and he makes a simple request of a woman, would you please give me a drink? When I was watching that video, uh, with the Navajo Nation, and I was watching that water. Didn't How many here got thirsty? Like, you're watching that water, and you're like, I bet you that tastes so good. You know? Um, I remember climbing Mount Monadnock in New Hampshire, and coming down, we hadn't, felt like we hadn't drank in, like, days, just hours, as a kid, and we had a Uh, We came upon this pipe that came out of the mountain with just water gushing out. It was the greatest water I've ever had in my life. It reminds me of that. And so Jesus is thirsty. He's tired. He wants a drink. And she's taken back. She's kind of like, what is going on here? Has that ever happened to you where something's happening? You're like, am I on candid camera? What's good? This is what's happening here. And so what's happening here is Jesus is asking her for a drink. Now, if you've ever had a, a maybe, maybe you can relate, your family, a dysfunctional family. And, uh, you know, there's just years, layers of hurt, of pain, of selfishness, of misunderstandings. Like, that's the, the, the Jews and the Samaritans. It's just years and years of that. It goes back to Jacob. And his son, his son's Joseph, and and, and uh, you know it goes back to the Northern Kingdom when they were invaded and intermarrying and idol worship, and then you know they wanted to help rebuild the temple but they weren't allowed to, and uh, then when 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 uh, Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, they were opposed to it, and like on and on and on, it's just like this cycle of of hurt and offense and all these things, and then here they are, the Samaritans and the Jews, they just They just absolutely despise each other. And in her disbelief that Jesus is even speaking to her, again, she says, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And he says this, and I'm going to repeat it. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Now, in literary terms, what we have here, because we're reading this, and we do know who Jesus is, we have what's called dramatic irony, that the the reader, us, uh, knows exactly what's happening. We know more than the characters on the page. We know what's happening here. She doesn't know, but we do. And I want to challenge us with these words, Because I believe oftentimes, probably for most people in this room, you've experienced this, and we probably have mostly people here are are, are Christians, are followers of Christ. I would say that there are many times when we act as if we don't know who Jesus is, like really, fully. We, we We don't live like we know who he is. Now, if you're here and you don't claim to be a Christian, you know, maybe you respect God, you're like, hey, you know, if, you, if you're into God, you're into Jesus, that's cool, but it's just not for me. Maybe that's you here, and you're just honest. You're like, that, that's, that's me, you know, I'm not anti-God. I'm just, it's just not really a big deal for me. Then you really don't know, and I hope this kind of uncovers some things for who Jesus is. And I want to talk to you about four things, or rather four things, three things, because every good message has three points, right? It's true. I don't know how that happens. It just falls like that. But I want to talk to you about four things that could be different about your life if you only knew. Uh, Three things that could be different about your life if you only knew. Number one. Everybody say number one. That's a super help. I appreciate that. A sense of expectation. Jesus says this, if you only knew the gift God has for you. If you only knew the gift God has for you, I'm going to add. This is not a question for you to answer. This is a question to think about. How long has it been since you've expected God to meet with you when you pray? How long has it been since you've expected God to answer a prayer? How long has it been since you've expected God to provide for your life? How about to use you? in a way, maybe at work or, or in a relationship or friendship you have, to, to expect that God would use you. How long has it been since you've expected God to rescue you, where you've looked to him before all others and anything else? If we knew who Jesus really was, we would live with an expectation really described by John in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. He says, dear friends, we are already God's children, But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all of those, rather, let me read that again. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. John's writing, and he says, hey, uh, for, for all of those that have this eager expectation, you know what you're going to do? You're going to keep your life pure. Why? Because of the purity of God. And we can, we can live with expectation because of who God is. Because of who he actually is. And, and, and you know, God is enormous. He's beyond our comprehension. But he is, uh, he is someone that we can, we can understand partially. And who he is is this, is number one. He is a gift giver. Any gift givers here, you're like, you're not, you're not trying to be braggy, but you're like, I kind of like giving gifts. Anybody here, you're like, you enjoy, it, it's kind of your thing? Okay, a couple of you, well, like one of you, okay. That's okay. I know there's more of you here. But that's your thing. Matthew seven eleven says this. So if you sinful people, us, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give good gifts to those who ask him. I think sometimes we tend to think of ourselves as more generous than God. I, I think a lot of parents really think, and we wouldn't intellectually say this out loud because we would be like, that can't be right. But we practice and live and react like this is true that somehow we're more generous than God that we know what our kids need more than God does. We, we have this under control. We're the, and and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting down the care of parents, no. But I think internally, we think we're more generous than God is. And uh, the reality is, is God is a gift giver. If we know how to do good things for our kids, how much more will our Father in heaven do that? And then number two, that he's a rewarder. It says that in Hebrews 11:6, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, we can live in an expectation. We can have a sense of expectation because of who God is. He's a gift giver and he's a rewarder. And Jesus said to this woman, if you only knew the gift God has for you. But she has no idea who Jesus was. She has no idea who she's having a conversation with. You know, I've always thought it would be incredible. Can you imagine going back in time and being able to actually meet the physical walk on Earth Jesus? Wow, that would be mind-blowing. And some of you would say, "Well, I know him now, so I don't need to know. Him. that's fine." But that would be really cool. I mean, was he a good-looking guy? Was he short? Was he? T- I don't know. But just to meet him, be like, "Wow." And she doesn't even have a clue who she's talking to. She only knew she'd have a greater sense of expectation. If you and I only knew who Jesus was, we would have a greater sense of expectation concerning him in our lives. Number two, if we only knew who he was, our prayers would be very, very different. See, Jesus says uh, two things that can make our prayers different. has these two phrases. He says, uh, if you only knew, you would ask me. You would ask me. See, our prayers would be different because uh, of, of who we're speaking to. Uh, when, when I make a request of somebody, I can know that they have limitations. You know, I, had, I asked Charlie Landon a couple years ago if he'd build something for us on Wednesday nights that we need to protect these grills. And, and my expectation is that Charlie knew how to do that, he did, he did a great job. And so the thing is, is I kinda knew that he was handy, he could build stuff, and so that's why I asked him. And when we talk to God, do we really realize who we're talking to? The creator of everything, the one who sustains all things, the one who can take brokenness and, and, and bring healing, who, who can literally make something out of nothing, I mean, you can go to your refrigerator this afternoon. I doubt you can make something out of nothing. You might be able to take a few different things and put it together and, and you know, kind of make it, make it happen and make it taste pretty good. But if you're at a bare fridge, there's nothing for lunch. That's how it is. But God can take nothing and make something out of it. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 13, talking about the awesomeness of God and who we're talking to. He says this. This is... Um, Uh, What said yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and the earth is yours. O Lord, this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your name. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O our God. We thank you, and we praise your glorious name. I mean, that's... If we only knew who we're talking to. And if we only knew the second thing Jesus says, he says, you would ask me. You would ask me. God looks for us to ask him. It says it in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find it. Keep on knocking, and the door Will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. There's a persistency that's required in prayer. See, if we only knew, would we pray different? I'm speaking to every one of us, myself, would we pray different? Would the topics of our prayer be different? Maybe right now our prayers are kind of small, what we pray for, what we believe God for. Would the topics be different? Would the intensity be different? Would the focus be different? Or maybe the frequency be different if we knew who we were talking to. Would the joy be different? Would there be a different sense of faith? If we only knew. If we only knew. And lastly, our experience with God, our experience with God. If we only knew. Jesus says this, after the last thing he says to this woman, he says, and I would give you living water. Living water. If you only knew who Jesus was, or who Jesus is, maybe those of us in this room would not have traded destructive, sinful, fake, careless experiences for what Jesus has to offer. You see this woman here? She has no idea what Jesus has to offer. She's thinking of, um, you know, in, in subsequent verses following this, she's talking about, boy, you know, if I could get that water, you know, it'd be great. I wouldn't have to, you know, run around and go everywhere and come here every day. And she has no idea. She's talking about one water, and Jesus is saying, I have a life experience for you, I have a reality for you that's very different than anything you've ever experienced. Of that experience, David speaks in Psalm 34, 8 through 10. He says this, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. You know, when I'm taking refuge, I don't, I don't, I don't attach joy with taking refuge. When I think of taking refuge, I think of living in Kansas, where my wife is from. And I think of, like, finding an inner closet somewhere where, when the tornado sirens are going on. That's, that, I don't find, oh, good, I'm in my, I'm here, you know. Uh, I, don't, I don't connect necessarily joy with taking refuge. Um, when you think about that, it's crazy that those are connected. But he says it here clearly, oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. If you remember the movie, remember the Titans in the locker room? This is one of the verses that, that, uh, that he quotes there. I love that one. But Jesus promises to give her something that will last If we only knew of the experiences Jesus has in store for us, both challenging experiences and fulfilling experiences. Because it would be a lie to say that when you know Jesus, all your experiences are incredible, amazing. Oh, hallelujah. No, that's, that's not how all your experiences are as a follower of Christ. But your experiences with him. The fact that he never leaves you, never forsakes you, that he actually gives wisdom to those that ask, discernment, that you can literally avoid tragedy in your life oftentimes by obeying and following him. Again, things don't always go as you hope. When you follow Jesus, sometimes there's persecution, there's hardship, there's all kinds of things. But there are unnecessary things that we can avoid in life if we believe who he is. And I want to end today with a, with a real-life story. True story. I don't tell the story. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm a romantic. I, I don't think I am. Uh, maybe some guys here are, and if you are, God bless you. That's great. Um, I think I'm a semi-romantic, maybe. But I don't tell my story about how I met Jody very often. I, I, I know I've never told it here. And uh, so bear with me, guys. Just give me a minute. Just bear with me here. Um, how, how Hans met Jody. Here it is. <coughs> I'd become a Christian at 19 years old, and about six months after, the man that was leading up the, the youth ministry said, hey, we need somebody to go to camp, to be a chaperone at camp. And we call them counselors then. I'm like, I don't know anything about count. I'm just My life is just getting back together. I don't know what's going on. He said, just, just come. So I go to this camp, incredible experience. You know, time around an altar, praying, seeking God, ministering to students, just, it was very critical and my development in those early times, my discipleship process, getting to know Jesus. So I'm at this campground in Rhode Island, and uh, I'm unaware of this completely. Remember, remember, remember what I said earlier, if she only knew? She didn't know what was going on. This woman had no idea who Jesus is, no, no idea. So here I am. God, what do you want to do in my life at the altar? Lord, guide me, direct me. I just, man, I'm just, I want to serve you. And, you know, I just, oh, man. And at the same time here, she isn't at the camp, but I'm, I'm dating this girl, and uh, she's she's a Christian. She's she's you know nice nice person, and uh, but I'm just getting this growing sense that, like a not not a better than her because that, that's I was I was no prize. <laughs> and Pastor Pastor Petrucci is thinking, yeah, you still aren't. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So. But I just got this sense that we want different things in life. I I don't want what she... I just want something different, more. I I don't know. So I can't, you know, I can't put my finger on it. Well, little... Because I didn't know what God was doing. So Jody is out in Kansas. She's out in Missouri going to college. And she gets an invitation to be a part of a drama team. They do skits and some music. And they're traveling. Camps that summer. So Jody is at this camp in Rhode Island, okay? And she goes through the week, and at some point during the week, she notices me. And she says to, she says, hey, could you guys, there's like a few guys, could you guys get together and wanna to get a picture of you guys? Because they're, you know, traveling drama team, they go into Kentucky and all these different camps, you know, four, five, six camps in the summer. And she gets a picture, and then like Jody style, at the end of the, summer, she makes a scrapbook for that summer. She made it like a little little scrapbook, you know, this is my my trip that summer. And don't you know, I made the scrapbook. I'm in there. So, I don't remember her, because I was dating another girl, thank you. I don't remember her. And um, so, um, the summer goes by. God's still stern. Ministry in my heart. I don't know what's going on, because... If I only knew, I don't know. I don't know anything at that point. I'm clueless. I'm just learning. And uh, over the next year following that camp, God had opened a door for me to go train for ministry, which is super important. And I ended up going to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And I show up on campus. This is like 15 months after that camp experience that Jody had. I didn't have it. I mean, I was having an experience with God. And she just noticed me and said, that guy's cute. Take a picture of him. So then then 15 months later, she's walking across campus, and I'm walking across campus. And she's like, there's that guy from camp. And she goes back to her room, and she's like, yes, it's him. She has a picture of me right there. She's a senior. I'm a transfer freshman because I failed all my community college classes, and I had nothing to transfer. I was no prize. <laughs> so then, it's her senior year, and her maiden name is Mickley. And I'm telling you, Jody Mickley, on campus, Jody Mickley, it's all you, Jody Mickley. She's, she's leading worship. She's uh, the treasurer for the senior class. Jody Mickley, Jody Mickley, you know, she's like, she preaches, she's, she's, speaks, I mean, like, and I'm like this, like nobody from Massachusetts. I'm like, hey, here I am. But I notice her then. And I'm like, man, she's really cool, but like, she's leaving, and she's like, way out of my league. So, whatever, I'll just live my life and Jesus, and we'll just whatever. And so, so I ended up, um, I ended up. Uh, she graduated. We had a couple conversations. We were friendly. We we even, you know, hung out one time. And I took her. I, I came back from a run. I had to run to work because I had no money. I had shoes. <laughs> And I ran to work and I was running home and I'm totally sweaty and I run into her and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, hey, how you doing? I said, hey, do you want to go to the gas station and get a hot dog? And I was like, a hot dog? I'm going to go ch- take a shower. I'll meet you back here in half an hour. She's like, sure. So, you know, I'm like We're a big hot date guy. Get her a hot dog from a gas station. <laughs> so, then, so then I, I go and, uh, you know, grab a shower. We meet for a hot dog and, you know, we kind of talk. But that was kind of our, we didn't, we didn't date, we didn't do anything, we just talked. So then she leaves campus, graduates, goes up to Illinois, works there at a church for a while. We get reconnected on the phone through a phone call. She calls my roommate. I'm like, oh, Jody Mickley, hey, what's up? How you know? You know, back when phone calls were like, you know, 27 cents a minute. And so we talk, and that leads to a series of conversations and conversations and conversations and engagement and, move, you know, marriage and four kids, and almost two grandkids, and all that, and here we are today. See, in those early years of me trying to walk with Jesus, just so much I didn't know. I I, I just didn't know that he could do things better than I could. I didn't really know that he could see things I, I couldn't see. You know, if you're a young man or a young woman here, I'm just telling you, Jesus knows and understands your life way more than you do. And he can be trusted. You know what can't be trusted? This culture cannot be trusted. Jesus, his word, can be trusted to give you direction, to hold you steady when you just want to run away, to hold you strong when you just want to do your own thing. I had spent up to that point my whole life doing what I wanted to do. And I had literally run into a place where Jesus was like, are you going to follow me? And I said, yes. And on that journey of following him, he knew things I couldn't know. I couldn't know. I couldn't know she was there, that she would see me, that there would be interest. I couldn't know he was working all that out because my mind and my abilities are so small. And so in your life, if you're a young man or a young woman, I'm just telling you today, if you only knew who Jesus is, all oh, your expectations of him would be greater. Your prayers would be different, and your experience with him would be powerful. If you're a Christian here today and you're an adult, you're full-on grown, you know, you've, you've made your share of mistakes and, and had successes and victories in this life, don't forget don't be like that woman at the well where she, she didn't know, but maybe you're acting like you don't know. You're praying like you don't know. and That's our challenge for today. If you only knew. If you only knew. Can we stand together this morning? Father, I just thank you that we can look at the life of this woman and we can say, Lord, even for those that don't know, you want to reveal yourself to them. And if there's somebody in this room, young or older, that does not know, that that literally doesn't know the saving power, the might of Jesus, I pray that today that they would put their hope in you, that they would turn away from being the boss of their own life, being the, the captain of their own life, and saying, God, I'm beginning to follow you. I don't even know what it's going to look like or all the, I'm going to get some help to know how to do it and I'm going to begin to follow you. And Lord, for Christians that are here today, Lord, help us not to live like we don't know, but to live like we do know. We do know who you are. God, we do know that you're a God who can do incredible things when we obey. The God, you're a God that can uh, pour forgiveness out on lives that, that truly need it. You're a God that can give direction and wisdom when we don't know what to do. That you're a God who can give um, uh, just power when it comes to resisting the devil, the enemy, and his schemes in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would live like people who know. Lord, I thank you for the young men and the young women Uh, some attend praise and some don't go to church at all or attend other churches that that are part of our youth ministry here. And I pray that you would bless them. I pray that that they would uh, live like people that know you, that know how awesome you are, how incredible you are, how trustworthy you are. Let us live for you in that way, God. And Lord, I pray you bless them. God, cause us to be uh, of a greater influence this coming year in all things, Lord, in our friendships at school, Um, at home, in neighborhoods, with relatives. God, help these students to be a light wherever they go. Bless them, pour your spirit out on them, and Lord, let the rest of this year be an incredible one for them. In Jesus'
9: name, amen.